The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The December 6th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of December 6th, 2023. Hazmat call at the exchange. Ferries awarded $4.8 million to extend lifespan of six aging vessels by up to a decade. Lopez Lobos Winter Sports. Plus excerpts from the Sheriff's Log. First, from the Island's Sounder, Hazmat Call at the Exchange. By Orcas Fire Chief Holly Van Shake. At approximately 9.20 a.m. on December 1st, Orcas Fire and Rescue personnel responded to a hazardous materials incident at the Orcas Island Exchange, Orcas Recycling Services Transfer Station. Equipment operators were performing routine compaction of waste materials when a cloud of noxious vapors suddenly began to rise from the waste container. Employees evacuated the area and called 911. OIFR personnel worked with Washington State Department of Ecology spill response team members over the next two days to determine the cause of the vapor cloud, ensure safety for the transport of the materials, and provide mitigation if need be. Finally, around 2 p.m. on December 2nd, responders discovered a garbage bag containing hazardous materials and waste containers that appeared to have been full when they were deposited with regular waste. Upon compaction, it appears these containers ruptured and created the vapor cloud reported at the beginning of the incident. We are grateful that no one was injured during this incident, but it is a good reminder to please separate your hazardous materials waste. Please refer to the Exchange website for proper handling of hazardous materials, exchangeorcus.org. The next Orcus Household Hazardous Waste Cleanup will be held this spring. The event will accept most materials free of charge, except for paint or stain, liquid fuels, or ammunition flares or fireworks. OIFR thanks our volunteer and career staff and the Washington Department of Ecology spill responders. They spent most of their Friday and Saturday in protective gear while also wearing breathing apparatus as they sifted through the refuse pile to find the cause of the incident. Our OIFR team performed this service while simultaneously responding to multiple medical calls. OIFR's responders continue to inspire me with their generosity and care for our community. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, ferries awarded $4.8 million to extend lifespan of six aging vessels by up to a decade. Today, U.S. Senators Maria Cantwell, Chair of the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science and Transportation, and Patty Murray, Chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee, announced that Washington State Ferries has received $4.8 million in federal funding to refurbish passenger areas on six aging boats in its ferry fleet. The grant will pay for upgrades on all six of WSF's Issaquah-class vessels, originally constructed between 1979 and 1982, and currently serve travelers in Fauntleroy, Vashon, Southworth, 
Mukilteo, Clinton, Anacortes, and the San Juan Islands. Funds came from the Federal Transit Administration's 2023 Ferry Programs grants. The Washington State Department of Transportation is providing an additional $960,000 for the project. Our ferry system is a critical part of our transportation network and ridership is growing. With this money, Washington State Ferries will extend the useful life of six vessels by five to ten years, which will improve service reliability throughout the ferry system, Senator Cantwell said. Here in Washington State, ferries are really important to our daily lives and commutes, so we need the federal government to make a serious investment in this mode of transportation, said Senator Murray. These critical refurbishments made possible with the funding we're announcing today will allow these vessels to serve passengers more comfortably and for years to come. As chair of the Appropriations Committee, I'm working hard to secure additional federal resources for our ferries and to make sure that our nation's largest ferry fleet, right here in Washington State, can continue to serve our communities well. This project will extend the useful life of the vessels and improve passenger amenities, allowing for more space between passengers in high-occupancy areas and making cleaning easier for WSF staff. The benefits will primarily be felt by the increasing number of walk-on riders in the nation's largest ferry system. Each of the six ships can carry 90 to 124 vehicles and 1,200 passengers per trip. The vessels receiving upgrades are MV Issaquah, 1979, MV Ketitas, 1980, serving Fauntleroy, Southworth, Vashon, MV Kitsap, 1980, serving Mukilteo, Clinton, MV Katlamet, 1981, serving Fauntleroy, Southworth, Vashon, MV Chelan, 1981, serving Anacortes, San Juan Islands, MV Silf, 1982. In fiscal year 2022, only 43% of the 21 WSF vessels met the target for state of good repair. Additionally, the accumulating maintenance backlog has resulted in pervasive service disruptions. From July 2019 to June 2023, each of the six vessels was out of operation in shipyards for an average of 3.12 months each year. Without refurbishment, vessels will continue to deteriorate, and service disruptions will become even more commonplace. The project will extend the useful life of these aging vessels, which comprise 28.5% of the entire WSF fleet, for another 5 to 10 years. By the end of 2025, these six ships will have a combined preservation backlog of over $88 million with only $28.9 million available for preservation. With such severe fiscal constraints, preservation funding has been necessarily directed toward only the most urgent needs to keep vessels operational, in the absence of significant funding allocated for passenger amenities. In January, Senator Cantwell and Senator Murray announced that Washington State Ferries would receive three grants from the Federal Transit Administration, totaling $11.6 million, including a grant to electrify the Muckleteo-Clinton route. 
Senator Cantwell and Senator Murray played an instrumental role in securing $25 million to replace the 60-year-old Lummi Island ferry with a state-of-the-art electric hybrid vessel through the Rebuilding American Infrastructure with Sustainability and Equity, RAISE, grant program first established by Senator Murray. As chair of the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, Senator Cantwell has consistently championed investments in the state of Washington's transportation systems and has helped secure federal funding for important infrastructure and transit expansion projects throughout the state. In August, Senator Cantwell announced a $44.6 million grant to help convert three Washington state ferries to hybrid electric propulsion systems, along with a $100 million contract with shipbuilder Vigor. Senator Murray has long fought to increase funding for our nation's ferry systems, and this year, as chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee, she secured $20 million for the Passenger Ferry Grant Program, a $5 million increase over last year's funding level, in the draft Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development Funding Bill for fiscal year 2024 that overwhelmingly passed the Senate in November. In last year's spending package, Senator Murray successfully fought to increase investments for the Passenger Ferry Grant Program, as well as a minimum of $5 million set aside for low- or zero-emission ferries. Senator Murray also helped secure record funding for ferries in the bipartisan infrastructure law she helped pass as Assistant Majority Leader. The legislation included $2.3 billion for ferry boats and terminal infrastructure, including $250 million over five years for low- or zero-emission ferries and more than $17 billion for port and waterway infrastructure. Senators Cantwell and Murray have long been strong supporters of robust increases to competitive transit grant programs such as the Capital Investment Grant Program, the Low or No Emission Grant Program, the Bus and Bus Facilities Grant Program, and the Passenger Ferry Grant Program. From the Islands Weekly, Lopez Lobos Winter Sports Lady Lobos Have a Deep Bench by Carrie Warner the 2023-2024 basketball season is shaping up quite nicely. We have 12 athletes, 8 returners, and 4 new players, which makes for a perfect number to have great practices. We have high hopes for the season, including increasing last year's 8 wins and heading into postseason strong. We ended last year with a forfeit of our postseason game because we did not have enough players due to injury and illness. I hope our increased numbers will prevent this from ever happening again. I took seven of the eight returners and one upcoming freshman to Western Washington University basketball camp. It was a wonderful experience that I think has really helped mature our young team and increase their level of play. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this season takes us. I hope to see the gym full of Lobo supporters. Lobos Men Field an Experienced Team by Shane Patrick The Lobos this year have a few players with high school experience and have played with each other. Last year, we only had one senior, but most of the boys that were on that team have returned. 
I'm gratified to see the hard work they put in during the offseason, and we're all excited to see how they match up against the league this year. Boys who had limited minutes last year have shown impressive improvement and will definitely see more court time. I think we're going to surprise some people. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On November 21st, a solar panel found on San Juan was turned into the sheriff's office. The panel was checked into the property and evidence room. A deputy was dispatched to a vandalism call on Lopez. A flag had been torn down and removed from where it had hung. A deputy was dispatched to a theft call in Lopez Village. The purse was located where the owner had left it, and the theft charge was unfounded. On November 22nd, on San Juan, a deputy received a report of suspicious activity. The caller reported that a shed door had been opened, and a metal pipe had been moved from its original location. Currently, there are no suspects. On November 23rd, a San Juan deputy stopped the driver of a vehicle for speeding and crossing the center line. The driver said they were rushing to the store for cranberry sauce and issued a citation for speeding, 65 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, plus a warning for improper lane usage. They didn't get a warning for improper Thanksgiving preparation? On November 24th, a Lopez deputy stopped the driver of a vehicle on Fisherman Bay Road. The driver was subsequently issued a citation for speeding 50 miles per hour in a posted 25-mile-per-hour zone. On November 27th, a deputy on Orcas responded to a parking complaint regarding possibly abandoned vehicles at a county day-use area. On November 29th, Deputies on San Juan responded to a report of a domestic incident. The involved parties argued about vehicle paperwork. After talking with those involved, there was insufficient evidence to prove that a crime had been committed. This concludes the December 6th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center, Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this fall with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. Be sure to check out the upcoming performance of The Nutcracker, running December 8th through 17th. Get tickets at orcascenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and come back again next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.